Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the We Tackle Life podcast, final day of June in the year 2021. I'm Bruce Hooley, glad to have you along. Appreciate you guys listening and you ladies who listen. And I would really appreciate it if you would leave us a nice review on iTunes because I like to know what you're thinking and it helps the podcast grow in recognition and audience. So go to iTunes and leave a five-star review would be great. Leave a six-star review if you can. I don't think you can, but it would be nice if you could. Uh, remember to send us an email anytime. We tackle life at gmail.com. We tackle life at gmail.com. Oh, we start the podcast with a heavy heart. He did it. I told you he was going to do it and he did it. And now that he's done it, I didn't prepare myself adequately for Dwayne Washington to end his Ohio State career because I just hate that this kid is making such a huge mistake. He's not going to get drafted, and I know he's going to get paid somewhere, but it's so hard. I'm not sure Dwayne Washington's ever an NBA player. You know, here's the deal. You cannot make a 20-year-old understand what a 50-year-old understands. And college is such a great time in your life, and nothing Dwayne Washington aspires to do would have been out of his reach of doing if he had stayed one more year at Ohio State. Yes, I know, he would have been a year older, and maybe the NBA would have looked at him differently. If you can play, you can play. Dwayne Washington is not going to get drafted this year because he's a junior and Dwayne Washington would not not get drafted next year because he was a senior. He's going to get drafted or not get drafted because the team that drafts him believes he has the talent to be a productive NBA player, or he's not going to get drafted because they don't believe his size and talent fits the profile of what an NBA player is. He is really on the short side at six foot three. He has to be a point guard for that. Is he a dynamic scoring point guard like a Damian Lillard, a Chris Paul? I don't see it. Do I think he can become that? I think he has a better chance of becoming that with another year at Ohio State. But I'm sure Dwayne Washington looked at it like, hey, man, I got an invite to the Combine. We've got two point guards on the team, Jabari Wheeler and Michi Johnson, and I'm not going to get to play the point. I'm going to be a stand-up, standstill shooter. Probably not going to be able to drive a lot. Macaulay Branham is coming. Malachi Branham's coming in. He's got the same kind of skill set that I do. He's Mr. Basketball. I don't want him to eat into my minutes. I want to get paid to play basketball. I want to play basketball full time. I like living the life. This is the danger of letting these guys like Dwayne Washington and EJ Liddell pursue the prolonged flirtation with the NBA draft. I'm not saying it's the wrong thing, just like name, image, and likeness. I'm just saying it's not always a good thing. Year after year, a lot of really good college basketball players go to the NBA draft thinking they're going to get taken, and they get the surprise of their life because everybody else was right and they were wrong. Hello, Caleb Wesson, and hello now, Dwayne Washington. So he's gone, and it's a bummer. You know what would be a bigger bummer? If you tried another coffee other than Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee. Yeah, I got you there, didn't I? Oh, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee is phenomenal, and you can feel good about buying it because you know the money that you're spending is going to an awesome cause, helping Paul, Grace, Andy, and the Hemisphere team support awesome people around the world who pump that money that they get, which is more than they'd get if they went through a government intermediary. 
They pump that money into the local economies in Thailand, Indonesia, Nicaragua, other countries around the world, every being lovingly picked by human hands, two hemispheres, Mechanicsburg, Ohio facility where it is roasted, ground, put into K-cups, delivered to you in whatever fashion you want it, light, medium, or dark roast, and it's awesome. And you also get 15% off when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. So there you go, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. All right, back to Dwayne Washington for a little bit. Um, He led the Buckeyes in scoring last year. He is the kind of player that you love sometimes and the kind of player that you loathe at other times. Dwayne Washington's confidence will always be the character trait that he possessed, which endeared him to me. I like guys who are not afraid to miss the last shot. You heard me right. Mike Krzyzewski was bringing Duke to Value City Arena this year to play Ohio State in the ACC Big Ten shootout. Said years ago, something I've never forgotten. I've shared it on the podcast before, probably to the point where you're like, I know what you're going to say. Coach K said Phil Henderson's not afraid to take and miss the last shot. Or he's not afraid to miss the last shot. Yes, that is what I'm going to say. Dwayne Washington was not afraid to miss the last shot. The problem is he missed three of them last year that could have won or extended games to overtime. He missed a layup at Northwestern. He missed a layup at Michigan State. And he missed a three-pointer wide open against Oral Roberts. And so that very painful loss for Dwayne Washington will be the final game of his Ohio State career, and he did not play very well in that game, though he scored okay. He was phenomenal in the Big Ten tournament. He was phenomenal against Michigan last year at Value City. Um, I wish him well. I just think the kid's making a really bad mistake. And I don't believe the Columbus business community will be there for Dwayne Washington like they would have been if he had played on a team that got to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight or maybe even a Final Four. Can Ohio State get there without Dwayne Washington? Yes. Are their chances diminished by his departure? Dramatically. I think Ohio State will play. see if I can figure the lineup out here. I think Zed Key, EJ Liddell, Boy, Zed Key, EJ Liddell, and Kyle Young is a lot of inside-the-lane guys and not a lot of perimeter threats. With a point guard, Wheeler or Johnson, and a wing, and right now, I'd bet that wing is Malachi Branham. Uh, Justin Arns will benefit from this. Oh, I did left Justice Suing out of that mix, didn't I? Yeah, that's why I don't think Kyle Young, Zed Key, and Liddell will all start. Uh, I think Zed Key's going to play a lot, more than he did last year, of course. But I just think you want to have suing on the floor uh, because he can drive, he can hit threes, he's left-handed. That's a tough matchup. And I have said, although now this is uh, problematic with Washington leaving, I have said that Ohio State with Malachi Branham could be, and perhaps even should try to be, a pressing team. Because Malachi Branham has an amazing wingspan. And Dwayne Washington had an amazing wingspan. For a guy 6'3", he had a 7-foot wingspan. So this hurts him from a depth standpoint. Will they get another guy in the transfer portal? They could. There are guys out there. Uh, would you take one? I'd, I'd probably take a senior. Yeah, I'd probably take a senior if I could get one. Because you never know when you're going to have injuries. Is Jimmy Sotos going to be as good a shooter as Dwayne Washington? I hope Sotos can't guard like Dwayne. And Dwayne was not the best 
defensive guard in the world. Jimmy Sotos, um, I thought he'd be better than he was a year ago. We need Michi to take a big jump this year, and we need Wheeler to really be a good player. But Ohio State can still play with a lot of different combinations and a lot of different things, and so all is not lost with Dwayne Washington going. I am a big believer that if you do not have your head and your hind end in the same place, then you shouldn't be there. And Dwayne Washington's derriere could have been in Columbus, but his mind would have been in the NBA. He's lived the life. He's Derek Fisher's nephew, and so that's what he wants to do. Okay, goodbye, but you're making a mistake. So says Bruce Hooley on the We Tackle Life podcast on 6-30-21. (laughs) All right. Uh, I I hope I don't ever have to, uh, you know, defend that in court or defend any statement I make in court. I'm a very opinionated person. I tell you what I really genuinely believe every single time. I don't ever say anything for effect or to elicit a reaction. Uh, But I've never been sued. If I ever was, I would want Willis Spangler Starling, the attorney firm of choice of me and of this podcast and of my radio show, The Bruce Hooley Show, to represent me. Because you need an attorney who'll tell you the hard thing. Uh, I was negotiating a contract a year or so ago. There were some things I wanted. Willis Spangler Starling was candid with me and said, not worth it. Don't fight that fight. Probably not a smart idea. Look. You, who's the attorney? Them or you? I mean, if you're going to dictate, you're probably not a good match. And that's what I like, too, is they're not afraid to turn down a client. But they are really good at what they do, really missional at what they do. And I don't mean like they're trying to convert anybody. They just see their gift in the law as a way to serve others. And they really see it as a motivating force. Like, hey, you know, protecting this person's legal rights, this is really important. And this is what we've been gifted to do. So we really got to buy in and do it to the best of our ability, and not, there are no routine cases. Willis Spangler Starling, awesome. Online, willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. Uh, it appears we are going to have a final winner-take-all College World Series playoff game. Uh, I am, true confession, recording this late Wednesday night, late, late Tuesday night, rather, late Tuesday night, and Mississippi State is up 8-1 on Vanderbilt. Last night was not close. Vandy scored seven runs in the first inning, so the College World Series will come down to, yes, an all-SEC final between Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, and it will be the last NCAA game played without name, image, and likeness. Yes, Al Leiter's kid's going to get paid a crap ton of money in the uh, Major League Baseball draft because he's a boy, is that dude good. But Name, image, and likeness. Mike DeWine signed the legislation uh, as an emergency measure. So we now we have name, image, and likeness. And I've been so myopic on Ohio State on this that I saw a thing today from Wisconsin quarterback Graham Mers. Graham Mers has a logo. It's actually a pretty cool logo, but I'm not buying any Graham Mers merchandise. And I suppose Bucky the Badger fans will. Okay, so I know I've talked about name, image, and likeness ad nauseum. And a lot of people say, well, you're against it. I'm not against it. I am eyes wide open guy. I am tell the truth guy. I am be interesting guy. So I find this a fascinating topic because it has more tentacles than that goofy diagram we see on TV for COVID-19 with all the spikes coming out of it. Because I thought of this today. Ohio State, the players are not allowed to endorse alcohol or casinos, right? 
Okay, so can an Ohio State kid advertise for the restaurant at the, what is the Scioto Downs Casino? Because he's advertising for the restaurant. They serve alcohol in the restaurant, of course. Can you gamble in that facility? Sure, but they have a sports bar there. And I could see where they would want somebody to advertise for it. Who's going to be the judge, jury, and Supreme Court on what they can do and what they can't? They're going to try to handle it in-house. But if they get a kid who doesn't have any deals and somebody comes to him and they're giving him a deal and Ohio State says no, and the kid's like, what are you talking about? No. It's, that's just another tentacle of it. Here's the other thing. Okay, without getting political, just stating fact, we're in an era, it's 2021, where we judge a lot of things, a lot of human beings by who lived a long time ago, right? People who lived a long time ago, we judge them by the standards of today. Do you know of any comedians who've gotten in trouble for a joke they made that's on YouTube 10, 15, 20 years ago? Sure. Do you know of any, I don't know, historical statues that have been toppled because people who were honored comported themselves in their lifetime by the mores of that particular society? But now, what are you, wow, this guy's horrible, he's terrible, he's awful, pull that statue down. Yes, right? So that's a real phenomenon now. We judge people in the past by the standards of today. So I want to know. Does my guy Scooney Penn and Mike Red and Jason Singleton and Kenny Johnson and John Sanderson, even though he's Michigan's strength and conditioning coach, and Brian Brown and Will Dudley and everybody else on the 99 Buckeye basketball team, do they finally get to take their bow at halftime at Value City Arena? Oh, and I forgot the reason they don't have a banner. My man Boban Savovich. Boban Savovich got Ohio State on probation, banned from the NCAA tournament, Thad's first year, a Big Ten tournament championship title blowout win over Iowa, vacated, and a Final Four berth vacated because he took a craftmatic bed and some free cable from a woman who was too kind to turn him away without a dollar in his pocket in Gehanna. Free Boban Savovich. That's what I say. Free the 99 Buckeyes, the greatest team that never was. Free Howard Porter and Villanova. Free Marcus Camby and UMass. John Calipari is no longer a lion, stinking, cheating skunk. He's a visionary. John Calipari was allowing his guys to get paid under the table. Before it was legal. Now it's legal. Let's build a statue to John Calipari. We're going to reverse statue engineer. Everybody who's a cheater. And you know what? This is painful to me because I'm going to have to give up. My buddy Dave DiNatale in Cleveland will be happy about this. I'm going to finally have to give up railing against the crooked, scheming, evil, cheating John Wooden at UCLA. Yes, the lizard of Westwood. I'm going to have to give up on the truth of the matter that all his players, Lou Alcindor slash Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Curtis Rowe, Sidney Wicks, 
Gail Goodrich, all of them were getting paid by Sam Gilbert. All of them were getting paid. Bill Walton, too. And, hey, we're reverse engineering. What was bad then is acceptable now. It's okay, so we can't keep them in NCAA prison, real or imagined, even though the NCAA never had the guts to put John Wooden on probation or to vacate UCLA's titles, but they took away UCLA's Final Four achievements under Larry Brown. So, hey, I say free them all. Free every single one. Free everybody who's been guilty in football. Tattoo gate, all legal. Everything's great. No problem. Because if you want to know what name, image, and likeness is, everything Reggie Bush got in trouble for is now not only legal, the schools help set it up. And you say, so nothing's changed. (laughs) Yes, in some respects, nothing has changed. With name, image, and likeness now approved. So get ready. Get your popcorn ready for all the logos of all the players. And this sparks a very interesting discussion about the current marketability of Ohio State Buckeyes. And a disagreement Mr. Spielman and I had a year ago when we were doing this podcast together before he became a powerful NFL executive. And boy, would I love to make some fun of the NFL and its latest commercial, but I probably just ought to leave that alone. I had some fun with it on my radio show today. If you want to go to the podcast, you can find it at 989theanswer.com. But Spiels and I talked about the marketability of Ohio State football players, which we'll get into. I'll get into with you next. But first, a reminder, your business, one way to market it to great employees is to provide them great benefits to get more money, no more value for the benefits you're buying. And you say, man, dude, I just put this benefits package together three years ago. I do not want to go back in and look at websites and call people and find out who's or whose doctors are in what plan and what's the copay. Ah, I can't do it. I got too much to do. I know you do have too much to do. But auinfo.com is an ally for you in business because they know the answers to all those questions. They don't charge you for the information. They give you the options you get for whatever you're paying now. Add new benefits, life, vision, dental, health, disability, whatever. And you pick a firm that fits you. That firm pays AUI. So again, business owners, reach out. You can do it on a chat online. It's simple. You're not obligated to anything. They just would love to help you because they're looking for people to put with you so that those people will then pay them. They're great. Uh, Chrissy's a rock star, man. She's a rock, rock, rock star. And that's the truth. AUINFO.com, best free service you've ever gotten as a business owner. Two people, 50 people in your business. They specialize in small business. They are a small business. They have 17 employees. They work hard for you. AUINFO.com. Okay, so Spiels and I, when this NIL stuff first came up, name, image, and likeness first came up, I said, well, there'll be a bunch of guys who will get paid. And he's like, nah, we'll be two guys, three guys. Well, last year was kind of a unique year because... Justin Fields would have gotten paid. Well, I mean, it's like last year was like it happened, but it didn't happen, you know, because it's just a weird year with COVID and the slow start. And I got to the national championship game, but who puts a butt in that sentence? They got to the national championship game, but I kind of thought they were better the year before. So on that team, J.K. Dobbins would have got paid. Chris Olave would have got paid. Um, 
all those senior receivers. I mean, KJ Hill gotten paid, maybe. Would uh, Austin Mack gotten paid, maybe. Chase Young would have certainly gotten paid. Uh, Jordan Fuller, maybe Jeff Okuda certainly would have gotten paid. So you know, last year, um, I don't know. Justin Fields, surely. Master Teague, would Master Teague have gotten paid. Chris Olave would have gotten paid. Um, I don't know, maybe somebody could have come up with something unique for Jeremy Rucker. Would Wyatt Davis have gotten paid? Would uh, Josh Myers have gotten paid? Um, doesn't feel like it to me. So this year on the football team, I'm thinking like, all right, well, who's going to get paid on the football team? Who who will people want to pay for? Hi, I'm Garrett Wilson for Kane, Raising Canes. Yes, Garrett Wilson will get paid. Yes, Chris Olave will get paid. Yes, the quarterback, most likely C.J. Stroud, will get paid. Running backs, Master Teague. I like Master Teague. I've been on the Master Teague like fan club presidency throne forever. Maybe this is Master's year. So that's a possibility. On the defensive side, Jack Sawyer, Pickerington kid, by you know, by low right now. Get him while get him while he's young. Forge a relationship with Jack Sawyer. That's the other thing. Do companies look at the roster and go, well, this kid right now is not like the thing, but if we get in with him early, like, you know, loyalty might count for something with the kid. Uh, do they sign him to multi-year deals? Who knows? It's very, very fluid and interesting. But, you know, I do find these strange decisions on, oh, you can't do alcohol and you can't do a casino and you can't, it's like, well, who says? Can a very attractive female swimmer, can she do a swimsuit calendar? You say, sure she can. Well, how will High State feel about that? Will they give her problems? Can she post topless? Can she can she do her own pay site, risque pay site? I mean, hey, you don't know. These uh, there was money to be made. A lot of people say, "Hey, go for it." Well, there's money to be made. Are there uh, athletes that will try to appeal to certain activist causes? LGBTQ. How will Ohio State look at that? Well, Ohio State would be all about that. They're all about the LGBTQ. They got an LGBTQ president. So uh, I'm just being real with you, man. I'm not trying to be political. I'm saying the whole spectrum is open right now. The hammer thrower the other day, the U.S. hammer thrower, what's his name, Gwen Berry, I think, who trashed the anthem at the U.S. Olympic trials, she's sponsored by a progressive defund the police initiative. So she's banking dough off of making the Olympic team and I'll say it, hating America. She's like America's, you know, you know, all the typical criticisms uh, that are very common nowadays. She's doing that and getting paid for it. How's that going to look at Ohio State? Because here's the thing. These kids are independent now of Ohio State. They're like sole proprietors. But you as a booster, you as a fan, you as a ticket buyer, you as a gear buyer, you don't perhaps want a athlete affiliating with certain 
social initiatives, social causes, uh, perhaps business companies, but I think the business companies are less controversial than the other stuff. So there you go. That's where we are headed with name, image, and likeness. I just can't leave it alone because I find it so fascinating. So utterly fascinating. Yes, Reggie Bush. <laughs> That's all legal right now. Todd McNair, come on back off NCAA prison. Your show cause penalty has been canceled. Todd McNair, please come to customer service. Your show cause penalty with the NCAA has been canceled. Maybe they'll have that kind of an announcement out there. Okay, so um, I talked about um, Dwayne Washington. I talked about um, name, image, and likeness and um, Duke and Ohio State lost a five-star recruit from Mentor to Notre Dame. I could care less. I'm not going to act like, you know, I saw this kid the other day at the camp and he's a big kid and he's five-star for a reason and blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I don't. I could care less. I could care if JT Tiamilao comes to Ohio State, or he goes to Washington, or he goes to USC, or he goes to Oregon. I, um, you know, they used to say a newspaper man writes about the plane that crashes, not the plane that lands. A sports guy, podcaster, news talk broadcaster. I talk about the guys who play games, not about the guys who uh, want to get attention as recruits. So if he gets here and he puts a uniform on and he plays and he does something, then I'll talk about it. Uh, as I have never been a guy to get too geeked out over football recruits because I just think it's so hard to tell if they're going to play. Now, basketball recruits is a little bit different. You'll have basketball recruits who bust, but mostly you can tell what a guy's going to be in basketball. Malachi Branham's going to be really good. I don't know if he's going to be really good as a freshman. He doesn't have a great jump shot, although maybe he can find that. All right, so uh, let's transition now to the faith portion of the podcast. And... I uh, want to talk a little bit, uh, refer back a little bit to Dwayne Washington because Dwayne has his uh, life goals and Dwayne is busy pursuing his life goals and he's single-minded in those goals. And as I said earlier, I think the wisdom of a 50-year-old would be um, coming back to school is not a bad decision. Dwayne Washington wants what he wants, and he wants it now. And I don't mean to use him as an example of anything I'm going to say in the faith portion of the podcast that reflects on Dwayne's faith, because I don't know what his faith is. Okay, so I just say it's a parallel, a life situation involving someone we've talked about, and a life situation involving you, me, other people. We all have a tendency to go through life and pursue the things we want to pursue, and time gets away from us. And you wake up one day, if you're me, and you're in your mid-30s, and you're in a situation where you never dreamed you'd be, and you think, how did I get here? This isn't the life I want to be living. This isn't the emotional turmoil I want to be in. Be in. Um, how did I get off course? And the way I got off course in my life was not to take one big giant leap away from God or to take two or three smaller but fairly significant leaps away from God, not to make a purposeful, no, I know God wants me to do that, but I'm not going to do that. I want to do my own thing. Instead, it was for me a uh, slow uh, ebb, a 
progressive pinprick of compromise and laziness and drifting that um, accumulated over the years. And one day I woke up far from where I aspired to be and with my life in ruins of all the things that I really, truly prized and treasured. And I realized that was because I had not esteemed God. I had not prioritized a relationship with God. I had not invested in truly finding what is God calling me to do, not with my life, not as a job, it doesn't matter what I do, how I live my life, how I prioritize my relationship with him. What did salvation mean? What did it mean to be saved? Was there something I needed to do in that regard? Yes, there was, but not what I thought. I thought it was a list of behaviors, things I should not do, things I should do, uh, things I should say, things I should not say, things I should think, things I should not think. And I was in my mid-30s, and I had every advantage. I grew up in a Christian home. I had Christian parents. I had a great pastor growing up. I just confused the plan of salvation with the plan of the world. The plan of the world was, if you achieve, you're rewarded. So I figured, well, that's how everything works, so that must be how God works. If I do what he wants me to do, I'll be rewarded. If I don't do what he wants me to do, I'll suffer the penalty, and I won't go to heaven. And I worried about that a lot growing up. As I drifted, the worry became less of a top-of-mind thing. And maybe you're there right now. You're going through life. You're married. you got kids. you got a good family. you got a good job. You're doing your thing. You're providing for your family. You're not involved in anything illicit. You're not cheating on your spouse. You're not stealing. You're not doing drugs. You're not addicted to porn. Anything you do that you know is not exactly in God's plan for your life, you're like, eh, it's harmless. It's a little you know, minor departure. I know it's wrong. I'll stop doing it someday, or I don't do it all the time, or whatever. Don't get hung up on the what you're doing. Think more about the fact that you just don't have God in a position of priority in your life. I know this because I didn't. I did not have God as a position in a position of priority in my life. I used to think it was so strange, unidentifiable. I couldn't understand how people could say they loved Jesus. I was like, well, that would be great. I would, I would like that. But I've never met him, and I don't know him. Like, how can you love someone you've never met? And that's, that just seemed to me unattainable. I wanted it. I envied others who had it. I believed them when they said they loved him. But I, in my heart, knew I, I don't love him. I don't know him. And that was the problem. I didn't know him. Because once I got to know him, once I devoted myself to seeing what was in between the covers in the pages of my Bible, I realized that my salvation, my forgiveness, my redemption, my atonement was not at all about what I did, what I thought, what I said, what I didn't say. My redemption was completely and totally decided by Jesus' death at the cross and whether or not I was going to claim that as my own. That was the whole thing. And that truth, that freedom from having to 
do or having to not do, I all of a sudden understood who Jesus was, what he did for me personally, and I fell in love with Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I want you to fall in love with him too. And there's a great quote by a um, deceased British um, thinker and um, how to, I don't even know how to describe G.K. Chesterton. G.K. Chesterton was an amazing man. I'm, I'm sure he had flaws, but he was he had a gift of language because he has said so many things that I find to be profound. It's not profound like Scripture, but it's still profound. And one of the things G.K. Chesterton said is, we fear men so much because we fear God so little. One fear cures another. When man's terror scares you, turn your thoughts to the wrath of God. Now, I just talked about, for like 10 minutes, loving Jesus and what Jesus did for you, and now I'm sitting here talking about the wrath of God and fearing you know, the terror of that, and I'm not, I'm not trying to confuse you. But reality is that everyone in this world, everyone who's ever breathed a breath, their eternal destiny will be decided by one thing and one thing only, and that is what position did they place Jesus Christ in in their life? Did they totally ignore him? Did they deny his existence? Did they endeavor to follow him, but they never really devoted themselves to it and they thus missed it? Did they esteem him, extol him, fear him, and fear in that sense means to you know prioritize him in their life. Because that will decide your eternal destiny, folks. Not how much money you gave to charity, not whether you cheated on your wife. Don't do it, but not, not that. But we do fear men so much, right? Like, I do a radio show every day, and people talk to me about what they fear. Oh, the government's going to do this, or the uh, Democrats are going to do this, or the Republicans are going to do this, or wokesters are going to do this, or CRT this, or... Antifa, BLM, blah, 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 blah. And I get hung up on that. And I'm not saying it's not important, but it's not the most important thing. The most important thing is what are you done with Jesus Christ? And he doesn't hide the ball on that. If you go through the New Testament, go through the Gospels, and the number of times Jesus says things to the effect of, look, Son of Man came to seek and to save those that are lost. I, you got, if you got ears to hear, hear. You got eyes to see, see. I mean, he's, he is a God who uh, loves, and, and that's awesome. But there is an account to be settled between us and God. And Christ gave us the way to settle that account. We can't settle that account on our own. And learning that, knowing that, living that will give you the peace that I lacked in my life for so long. And I don't want anyone to lack that peace. It's never too late. It is never too late. I don't care if you're 98 years old 
and lying on your deathbed, it's not too late because thankfully God says, Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and invites me in, I, I will come in. So the door's always there. But don't delay it like, oh, I'll wait till I, you know, wait till I'm breathing my last, and then I'll just get right in under the finish line. You don't know when the last day is. You do not know. Those people who went to bed the other night in Surfside, Florida, in their condominium, did they know that they would never open their eyes? They did not. It's incredibly sad to think about that. So, um, another G.K. Chesterton profound statement is, a society deteriorates when it forgets, when it ceases to recognize things that are obvious. A society deteriorates when it ceases to recognize things that are obvious. Folks, you can't read the Bible without the obvious truth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that someday every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You're either a believer or a pre-believer. You will believe one day, but you might believe too late because the time to put your faith in Jesus Christ is while you are drawing breath because when you don't anymore, it is too late. So I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to save you and trying to enrich your life and trying to give you a piece of the incredible piece, a P-I-E-C-E of the P-E-A-C-E that I have found with my faith in Christ who paid it all for me at the cross. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, God, so much for your son, Jesus. And with that, have a great middle of your week, and I'll talk to you again Friday here on the We Tackle Life podcast.